All right. Hello. Hey, how do you? What's going on? Whatever entrance you prefer. This is the Overpriced Popcorn Movie Podcast. I don't know if I'm going to leave the movie in yet. I assume Overpriced Popcorn Podcast, you would automatically like assume that it's about movies. But um, yeah, so this is going to be about movies. Yeah, TV, um, actors, directors, just whatever I'm feeling at the time. Um, I'm your host, Drew Lassiter. Um, I'm an engineering student at Texas A&M. But um, I love movies. I, I'm a huge movie buff. I watch movies all the time. Um, I think you're going to see through, like, just listening to me. So not see, I guess you're going to hear that um, I don't watch a whole, I don't watch a whole lot of TV shows, but that's because I'm always watching movies. I'm, I'm just a movie person. Um, I've, I've all, like, my safe place is a movie theater. I, I just love movies. So I decided to make this podcast and I can talk about them. Um, so what's going to be going on is, I don't know when this is going to get to you. I'm recording it on a Tuesday. I feel like I'm always going to record them on Tuesdays. Um, whether that gets up Tuesday night or Wednesday, I don't know. But just assume moving forward, it's just that day. I just don't know if I'm going to have it done by the night or if I'm going to finish it up tomorrow and upload it. But um from there, we can, um, I mean, I can see if I want to, you know, expand and have, you know, two shows a week, three shows a week, and see if I want to do a music one, because I'm really into music as well, or a sports one, you know, I, I don't know, I have a lot of ideas, and then I'm just going to be, you know, do, but we're going to stick to movies for now. Um, I'm going to be doing this solo. I've tried to do a podcast with um, co-hosts before and stuff, it just... I don't know, something doesn't feel right about it, so we're rocking solo. Um, I don't know how long the episodes will be. I assume this one's probably going to be the longest because of this, me describing everything, describing, you know, just like who I am, what I'm doing. Um, But I assume not too long. I don't want to make them too long. I feel like that turns off listeners when they're too long, especially just some random dude, Drew Lasseter. Um, So they're not going to be too long. This will definitely probably be the longest one. Um... And, you know, looking forward, we're going to test this out and then I'll see how I want to change things, how, uh, what changes I can make and, uh, stuff like that. You know, I have a lot of ideas for like fun segments and stuff like that, but for now, um, today I'm just going to be doing kind of like my Mount Rushmore's of, um, film and stuff like that. Just, um, just so you kind of understand who I am, but after this, um, I'm saying I'm a lot. After this, theaters are going to be opening up pretty much everywhere soon. I heard New York City's opening them up in March. And then, I mean, if New York is opening them up, I mean, they should start opening up soon with the vaccine coming out and everything. So I'm either doing this at a great time where people are going to be getting back into movies or I'm doing it at a really bad time because we're in the middle of a pandemic and people don't really care about movies that much. So, um, I'm going to be getting, as you know, like kind of just every week picking out things that I see in media about castings and movies that are coming out. I'm going to be doing reactions to trailers, you know. I'm not going to show the trailer on here, but I'll be like watching trailers and I'll do uh, recaps of episodes, weekly episodes of like whatever, I'm, if I am watching something. For instance, this episode, I'm going to have a WandaVision uh, recap at the very end of the show. I'm going to go through the show to uh, kind of say exactly what happened. And uh, from my point of view, and give theories on the, at the end of it for what I think happens in these last two episodes. And yeah, I'm leaving that towards the end though, because there's going to be huge spoiler warnings. So if you do want to listen to this, but haven't seen WandaVision, just listen through, you know, like my Mount Rushmore's, and I'll definitely let you know when I'm starting that. I'm not just going to sneak it up on you or anything. So yeah, Mount Rushmore's and Mount Rushmore's are tough because I feel like a lot. I feel like. Mount Rushmore's means um, the greatest in a lot of cases, but I mean, our Mount Rushmore isn't necessarily the greatest president, you know, like, like it was made so long ago. There's probably been better presidents, you know, and obviously it's such preference, which is what I was going to say is that this is all going to be preference. I'm not necessarily doing this to show you how smart I am at movies or anything like that. Um, I'm making these Mount Rushmore's so you know my taste and stuff. Uh, so that so it's going to be my favorites, not necessarily the best. 
So that way, you know, if you want to continue listening or not, you know, throughout the rest of the podcast, or like every week, you know, you don't, I, you don't want to listen to somebody that you don't necessarily agree with. So um, I'm just going to be going through and I'll probably do directors, actors. Mm, I think I'll split and do it actresses as well. You know, I don't want to just have like two and two. I would like to have four and four. So I'll do actresses separate. I don't think I can do movies. There's just way too many movies. Uh, but my favorite movie of all time is The Dark Knight. I love The Dark Knight. And uh, so there's that. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to give another three. It's just way too hard. And even The Dark Knight might not actually be my favorite. But I do love The Dark Knight. Um, anyway, off topic. Um, so we'll start with directors. Quentin Tarantino comes to mind immediately. Quentin Tarantino is who I usually say just right off the bat, you know, without much thought into it. We're definitely going to get into that and break that down and see if he actually is. Um, Tarantino's done movies like um, The Hateful Eight, Django Unchained, my personal favorite. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is great. Um, Pulp Fiction. Um, Reservoir Dogs. Inglorious Bastards. I mean, I can just keep, you know, he has his like big nine or whatever that he considers nine movies. Kill Bill. Sorry. Um, really, and they're all great. They're all so unique and they're such like classic filmmaking, even in like today's stand, like even in today's technology, he uses all the classic um, camera shots and stuff like that. I really love Tarantino movies. Christopher Nolan comes to mind. He's great director and he, you know, just, it seems like his movies are always just hyper realistic they always have a great twist at the end and he has and he gets great actors for them and they're just scored so well the music's great scorsese or you know the the real movie buffs pronounce it shorsha is that how you pronounce i think it's shorsha so um wolf of wall street comes to mind the irishman comes to mind goodfellas comes to mind um mm, shutter island comes to mind so he's is one um john favreau off the top of my head uh, just because i'm a big marvel fan and he's done uh the iron man movies he's and he's done lion king jungle book the live actions of course not the old ones which say what you want about lion king uh but jungle book was really good and then he's done mandalorian one of my favorite shows um so he i i'm you know he's a um, I want to switch genre maybe. Um, Ari, Ari Aster for the horror side of things, what he's done with Midsummer and Hereditary were great. And I'm looking for, you know, I don't know what he's done prior to that necessarily, because, you know, like I said, I'm not some, I don't, you know, I'm not just incredibly smart about, you know, I don't know everything about movies. Um, Ari Aster is definitely up there. The Jordan Peele is up there with us and Get Out. Those are great, and I'm looking forward. He's producing Candyman, not directing it, but Candyman looks really good as well. We should have already seen that if it wasn't for COVID. Um, I really love Tim Burton. I might put him in that same, like, that category. It's definitely not horror necessarily at all, but just darker movies. Um, that'll be, like, my, that'll be, like, a spot. I can do, like, a Mount Rushmore, and I'll do, like, one, one, like, darker movie, one, um, funny or fun movie director and then probably two like just really serious directors no nonsense type of people um for the okay so let's break that down those three are like my three favorite dark movie uh directors Ari Aster, Jordan Peele, Tim Burton I'm gonna go ahead and put Tim Burton I love Tim Burton films um I, I, you know some people they're, they're not horror films, but some people are scared of them. I, I don't really, I don't really get that side of things. I, I do understand it. Obviously, they're very dark and um, sometimes creepy, but I really like Tim Burton. So first Mount Rushmore vote goes to Tim Burton. Um, I'm going to put Nolan on there. Go ahead and put him. For the like sci-fi fun type of thing, Adam McKay comes to mind. He did a lot of Will Ferrell stuff, and Will Ferrell, 
um, spoiler alert, is probably going to be on my Mount Rushmore for, as like a comedy actor if I do that kind of thing with the director. I probably will, yeah. So Adam McKay is going to go ahead and go on. He's going to be on there. Um, let me look up his filmography. Um, I mean, yeah, where, where does he go wrong? Anchorman, The Campaign, Tammy, The Other Guys, which is one of the funniest movies of all time. Tell it again, my stepbrother. I, I can go on Ant-Man. I didn't know he did Ant-Man. That's really cool, too, because Ant-Man super good. Okay, so Christopher Nolan, Tim Burton, Adam McKay. Oh, I really like uh, Kugler. And I really like Ryan Johnson. Say what you will about Last Jedi. Yeah, he won't go on the Mount Rushmore just because of Last Jedi. But, I mean, he, he has other good movies, especially Get Out. Which, or not Get Out, sorry. Knives Out. Um, okay. Final answer. Final answer. Tim Burton. Adam McKay. Christopher Nolan. Quentin Tarantino. The Mount Rushmore of directors in Drew Lasseter's eyes. You know, quote, you know, quote me. Go ahead. Um, say what you will. But uh, I think their resumes speak for themselves. I don't think, you know, like obviously there's arguments for other people. I don't think that's too wide of a list. If you're doing it in terms of how I'm doing it, which is favorite and then by, um, by genre. So with that done, we're going to move on to actors. Um, I'll just start spitballing and say Brad Pitt definitely is a good one. Leo, Adam Sandler. So Adam Sandler and Wolf, that's tough because Adam Sandler has a lot of really funny movies. It does seem like Will Ferrell has more of a um, range when it comes to comedy, maybe. Like Talladega Nights and, uh, the campaign, he's kind of like the rude friend or like the rude person. While in uh, the other guys and uh, and like Daddy's Home, he's like super nerdy and dorky. Um, Adam Sandler's kind of just the same character in every movie, uh, but he does a good job. Um, moving on, Denzel maybe, um, Seth Rogen. Hugh Jackman might take it just for his voice alone. Hugh Jackman's voice is incredible. Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman. Um, it feels right to have him just with recent events. And like I said, this is completely biased. So I'm just going to go ahead and set Chadwick Boseman, Will Ferrell. Both of them, I think, are deserving, you know, of those spots. So... I'll use Chadwick as like a superhero sci-fi category. Um, and then Rogan's, or not Rogan, uh, Will Ferrell's obviously comedy. Mm, Tom Hardy, Christian Bale, just going through Nolan characters now, Matthew McConaughey. Tarantino characters, uh, Samuel Jackson. I said characters like they're not real people, uh, actors. Samuel Jackson, Kurt Russell, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx does a lot of really good uh, method acting. Like he can really um, just be anybody you want him to be. Um, Scorsese, Leo, Robert De Niro. Ooh, we might we might have. This is gonna be tough. This is gonna be so tough to make around four people of just all the actors in the world. Like, what am I supposed to do here? I don't know why I chose this as my first segment, but I think it is giving you a little bit of insight on my mind. Um, I don't think, I think we can make a category just for kind of like the past times, like the older times, Taxi Driver, um, Raging Bull days, Robert De Niro rocks on I mean, and he's still doing really well with Scorsese and Irishman. Um, he's done well in comedies and Meet the Fockers. I, I, think, I think Robert De Niro goes on there. So who's that? Robert De Niro, Will Ferrell, Chadwick Boseman. Um, so now it's down to just my last one. And I think, I think it's gotta be Leo. 
I really like Michael B. Jordan, Lakeith Seinfeld, and Affleck. None of those are really Johnny Depp. I like Johnny Depp a lot too. Um, unfortunate what's going on with him right now. Um, I think I'm going to go Leo DiCaprio. He deserves so many Oscars, just never gets them, but he deserves them, I think. Uh, everything he does, uh, let's go ahead and, you know, just for fun, read off just a few of his many great um, portrayals. Titanic, everybody loves Titanic. Um, the Wolf of Wall Street, the, the Revenant, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Inception, The Departed, Shutter Island, Django. Um, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet, I watched that in my freshman year. Like the newer one with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Say what you want about it, I don't know. I had fun watching it. It was not a good movie, I recognize that, but it was fun, definitely fun to watch. Um, you know, Aviator, there, there's a lot of Leo movies that are super good. Um, kind of coming in like in the fifth, sixth spots will definitely be Christian Bale. Um, Denzel, I'd put Denzel like very high on my list. Yeah, I think that's it. So to recap, no, we won't. Re we'll do like a one big recap at the end. I mean, no, I said, I already said to recap, so I might as well. Leo DiCaprio, Will Ferrell, Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, and Robert De Niro. Oh, I'm glad I didn't do actresses and actors in the same category, because this would be very difficult. Actresses, Mount Rushmore. Let me just start naming some. Zendaya, Margot Robbie, Anne Hathaway, Natalie Portman, Lupita Nyong'o, um, Jessica Chastain, Scarjo, Octavia Spencer, who's I will ride to the grave saying Octavia Spencer is like the most underrated actress of all time. She gets no love, I feel like, and she's so good. Um, Emma Stone, the new Corella movie looks super good. I'm very excited for that, so we'll see what she does with that. Jennifer Lawrence, Amy Adams, Kate Blanchett, Marissa Tomei. I really like Kristen Wiig. It's a shame that Wonder Woman 84 wasn't as, I think it was just a letdown because of how good the first one was, wasn't necessarily terrible, um, but very good portrayals by Kristen Wiig, Gal Gadot, and, uh, and uh, oh, drawing a blank, drawing a blank, Pedro Pascal, sorry. Um, other actresses, Anna Kendrick, does she count just because I love Pitch Perfect? Do I, do I count her? Do I throw her on the Mount Rushmore of women in film? No, I don't. Maya Rudolph, though. Maya Rudolph, in terms of comedy, Maya Rudolph is also super underrated. She might be the funny, like, she's my personal favorite woman comedian. So I think that has to be recognized for it. I mean, who else is funny? Catherine Hahn. I already said Kristen Wiig, um, Rebel Wilson. I think I think Maya Rudolph. She's gonna be the first one elected to Drew's Mount Rushmore of actresses. Um, and we're going like by kind of category, right? So that's comedy. What did I do on the last one? Oh, like the old, old, uh, older not not old characters to say, but uh, or. Character. Why do I keep saying characters? Old actresses to say, but older. Um, this. Hmm. You know, out of pure bias, I think I'm going to put Uma Thurman. And where I put De Niro uh, as like the, that past generation of actors, um, just because of Kill Bill, Pulp Fiction, Batman and Robin, like the old one, I, I, that, that holds a place in my heart. Uh, so Uma Thurman, Maya Rudolph, 
Now we have kind of be missing people. I, I, I almost want to say, I'll just go ahead and say their names just so I, y'all recognize that I'm a big fan of them. But Elizabeth Olsen and Catherine Hahn, what they've been doing on um, as their characters on WandaVision, what Elizabeth's done uh, her whole run as Scarlet Witch has really been something uh, special. They're, they're doing a very, very good job. And um, I think the whole world is locked in on maybe a story that isn't necessarily what people would usually find entertaining. Um, I know personally, Doctor Strange is one of my favorite Marvel movies, but it doesn't seem to get a lot of love from the mainstream audience. But this is using the same kind of principles and it's getting a lot of love. So I think that is very much on Elizabeth Olsen, Catherine Hahn, and... uh, and Paul Bettany, I think they're doing a great job. And I think people are interested in that show a lot. It's from just Twitter and stuff, what I've seen. But I'm definitely not going to put them on the Mount Rushmore. Um, I think Margot Robbie will be my third on the Mount Rushmore. I love everything she's in. She does a great job as Harley Quinn. She does a great job. Um, as the Duchess of Bay Ridge and is that it? Bay Ridge and Wolf of Wall Street. Um, so there's three. Last but not least, who are we going with? It's, I feel like it's so, uh, so biased. This, this list are definitely so biased. Besides Leo and Margo, I guess those are definitely two people that deserve to be on the welfare. If we're doing it by category, I guess it's not necessarily super biased. But um, I'm going to put my fourth spot as Octavia Spencer. Hidden Figures, um, The Help, uh, Shape of Water. Um, I think she had a role in Maybe Zootopia and some other animated movie. Hold on. Onward, yeah. Oh, and the Shack. The Shack is um a good a good movie. She plays God in the Shack, which is super cool. So we have to have God on there. People are really gonna hate me. I didn't put Liam Neeson. I feel like mm, I didn't even say Liam Neeson thought of that because he plays God and I don't know what movie but yeah Liam Neeson's not on there for me sorry and then TV shows this is our last one um for TV shows it's it's so hard because I haven't actually finished a lot of shows I don't like leave off in the middle of a season or something but it's like sometimes when a new season comes out I don't I don't jump on it right away. So I have, and I just don't have time to like get into it or something. And then I kind of lose my interest in the show. It's kind of unfortunate, which is why I like movies. Cause I can just, when I want to watch it, I can watch it right there. Um, but we will categorize, we'll categorize these as well. Um, let's do like sci-fi superhero stuff. Y'all can obviously tell by now I'm a nerd. I, I really do like, uh, <laughs> sci-fi and superhero stuff mandalorian definitely up there stranger things daredevil um the boys on amazon prime i don't know if y'all have seen that but the boys is very good i actually just finished that recently and then i feel like those are literally the only ones that i've finished um but i've watched the flash for like the first four seasons and really liked it i watched the walking dead for like the first again like five seasons maybe started started getting less interesting as i was going Mm. Mm, game of thrones i watched the first four seasons stopped gonna hate me for that i know i'm just gonna act like i just move right along i think i'm gonna go stranger things stranger things from i'm I'm, I'm just not, I'm not a, I wasn't, or look at me, just stuttering, sorry. I used to not be big 
on uh, horror shows and stuff like horror movies or anything when that came out. I was still in, I was in high school. And uh, I was just, I'm, I don't know, I'm just scared of that kind of stuff. I'm still very scared of, that, of those movies and like I'm scared of horror movies and shows. But I watch them anyway now and I, and I have learned to like them and appreciate them and stuff like that. I just jump at everything. Um, but so Stranger Things was not something that I was ever planning on watching until I took a road trip and had nothing else to do. It had just come out. So I was like, eh, you know, I'd seen trailers. It kind of looked a little too scary for me, but it, it's actually not scary at all. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed everything about Stranger Things, the nostalgia, the kids, uh, uh, the adults in the show. Um, just everybody, everybody on the cast is great. Um, every character is great. Um, season, season three was, it was a little far-fetched, a little uh, far-fetched as if this is, as if a parallel reality isn't far-fetched enough. Um, but it was, it did seem like the whole, them like with Russians and they're, they're just kids, you know, I didn't really dig that, but I really like it. So Stranger Things gonna be a number. No, it's gonna be on the Mount Rushmore. But Mandalorian really comes in close. Um, I I've loved pretty much every moment of the Mandalorian as well. Um, and that's one of those two. It's like I don't ever understand what is it that grabs just mainstream audiences' attention from like Star Wars or Marvel, because I just didn't think Mandalorian would be what people enjoyed as much. Maybe it was just Baby Yoda, actually. Maybe the Baby Yoda train got everybody in, and then they realized, hey, it's a pretty good show. Um, but anyway, Stranger Things on the Mount Rushmore. Um, let's do dramas. Euphoria. I don't even have to list anymore. I can. You, Queen's Gambit. The O.J. Simpson show was really good. Prison Break. I can put the Punisher in that category. I didn't finish Sherlock, but I like Sherlock. But it's Euphoria. I, I mean, Euphoria is such a good show. Everything about Euphoria is incredible. Um, if you haven't watched Euphoria, please, please, please get HBO Max. HBO Max is going to be releasing so many movies this year as well that uh, you should really hop on. Um, they're really doing a good job over there. But Euphoria is incredible. Um, so Euphoria and Stranger Things so far. Comedies. Beat the Office. It is hard to beat the Office. Parks and Rec is close. Seinfeld is close. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is close. They're not The Office. The Office goes number one. So that's our third spot. And lastly, what other genre can we do? So like I said, I haven't seen too many shows. Um, I mean, I haven't even named Breaking Bad because I've never seen Breaking Bad. I've never seen Narcos. I've never seen um, Ozark, The 100. Um, Sopranos. Tons and tons of shows that I have not seen because, yeah, I don't know, I just rather watch movies. So I mean, take this as you take this as you want, but I'm a movie buff. What can I say? We can do like animated. I don't watch anime. I, I've never seen an anime. I have seen an anime, Avatar. Avatar is, but do you count it? Uh, choice is yours. But I'm gonna put it in this category as just animated. The regular show. Um, the old old Batman series. I really like the old, old X-Men series. I really like SpongeBob, obviously. I mean, these are just like, so these are pretty much just shows I watched when I was a kid, which is, which makes it hard to put them on my list now because they're very kid, kid friendly shows. Um, I feel like, I feel like Avatar might be a little more mature. So I'll throw it on there. And that is our four Mount Rushmore's we have. You know, I can just picture this. Let's let, let's just picture this for a minute. You go North Dakota, South Dakota. Mm, I've been there. Where is it? Don't even know how to spell Rushmore. Sorry. 
Um, South Dakota. How did I mess that up? I don't think I've ever been to North Dakota. Okay. I drive up to South Dakota, looking through the tree lines. What do you see? You see Christopher Nolan's face. Imagine that. A lot of you probably don't even know who he looks like. What he looks like. Um, Quentin Tarantino, Tim Burton, and Adam McKay. There's no chance anybody would ever carve any of those four people into a giant mountain in South Dakota, but we're going to act like they will. For the actors, Leonardo DiCaprio, he, he might get his face carved in a rock. I'm not going to lie. Will Ferrell, Chadwick Boseman deserves to have his face carved in a rock for sure. And um, Robert De Niro, who probably has his face already carved in a rock. Actresses, we have Margot Robbie, right? Is that who I said? I did say Margot. It's hard to keep track. I haven't been writing these down. I should probably write these down. Um, Margot Robbie, Octavia Spencer, who will probably never have her name or her face carved in a rock. Mm, who are the other ones? Maya Rudolph. Her face is a rock. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman is the last one who snorts rocks on Pulp Fiction, so there's something fun. Um, lastly, our TV shows, which I hate to say it, are very limited. The Office, Euphoria, Avatar, Stranger Things. Super basic. Sorry about that. I mean, it. I mean, I could do movies and movies, my movies list would be a lot maybe cooler or something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 just can't, I just can't do that. I can't do that. This is a, not that long of a show. I mean, it's maybe getting kind of long because it's our first episode. We don't know how to cut time and stuff. We don't know how to time ourselves talking. But it's our first show. I can't do movies in that time. You can't, you can't expect me to do movies. It's a movie show. I'm doing everything but movies, but I, I understand the irony. And I'm also moving on to WandaVision, which isn't a movie either. So this is a movie podcast. Nothing about movies. Cool. Um, WandaVision, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler warning. Please leave if you haven't seen the show. All I'm doing after this is just saying goodbye to everybody and just kind of talking to stuff. So if you haven't seen the show, thanks for listening. Um, hopefully I did enough to get you back next time. But um, next time, I don't know what I'll be doing. If there's a trailer that comes out, I might review that. And then I might I might just watch a movie this week and like review it or something. Like recap, and like say what I think about it, uh, rewatching it and stuff. We'll see. All right, so WandaVision. Um, we pick up right after Wanda had just kind of blasted Peter out because he brought up, oh, like you can't kill Vision. He's already dead or whatever he said. Um, and that kind of upset her. And then she had just expanded the hex to get Vision back in, but by doing that has made it way too large and uh, took in a lot of the shield, or not shield, sorry, sword agents, um, including, including Darcy, who was attached to a truck at the time, handcuffed to a truck. Um, by Hayward, that devil. Um, so Vision's back in the hex now, obviously. That's what we saw at the end of the show uh, last week. Um, Hay we found out Hayward was tracking Vision off of his uh, decaying vibranium, which metal doesn't decay, does it? Uh, you might be wondering, but it's, it's because he's, um, he's it's like organic because he's a human. So it does decay, actually. It's kind of cool, little... Not, I saw that on Twitter. I'm not actually that smart. Um, and then where did we leave Monica? Monica and Jimmy are going to try to get back in the hex using an, a friend of hers who's an aerospace engineer, Reed Richards. No, it's not actually Reed Richards. That would have been awesome, seeing that the, seeing that the uh, intro to the show was a lot like The Office. It was based off of like the Office sound um, to the intro. So I really thought we were going to see John Krasinski as Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. I thought that would have been so cool. Oh, I was really hoping for it. But yeah, so we jump into the show and we are in 2010-ish like, sitcoms. It was a lot really based off uh, Modern Family. 
you know, um, if you hadn't noticed or picked up on it yet, um, every episode has been a different era of sitcom. Um, we've seen Full House on display. Um, we have seen, is that the only TV show I know? I can't think of what last episode was. What was the last episode? Yeah, I'm actually stumped. I don't even remember. I'm so sorry. Well, there's a lot of sitcom stuff going on here and they're just taking a lot of inspiration from other sitcoms. Um, like I said, don't watch TV show, can't tell you. Oh, it was, sorry if that was loud in your ear. Um, Malcolm in the Middle, that's what it was. Could not think of it. It was very Malcolm in the Middle related. Um, the one before that was um, very Full House and uh, Family Ties related. Is that what it is, Family Ties? That might have been another one, couldn't tell you. Okay, so it's like a modern family thing. Um, we open up Wanda, she's in her bed and she's just saying uh, she needs a break. Uh, Billy and Tommy are downstairs and they realize that their uh, video game controllers are changing into other eras as well until they're just Uno cards, which is a cool nod because uh, Monica and Captain Marvel played Uno with um, the, little, the little scroll girl. Uh, so maybe that's like a little just not a Captain Marvel and stuff. Um, and so we've, we see that, I mean, obviously Wanda isn't doing that because she's in bed. So we're realizing that Wanda's kind of losing control of this reality, kind of like we saw at, um, on the border of the, uh, of the hex originally. She didn't really have a lot of control over there. And now, now that she's expanded it, she doesn't really have a lot of control anyway. She's also just going crazy. So that could be it. Um, We'll find out soon enough, I guess. Um, Billy comes into her room and says his head is feeling weird and noisy, obviously a nod to his superpowers, which are very much like Wanda's in the comics. He becomes Wiccan and uh, his brother Tommy becomes Speed, as we saw in the last episode, he does have super speed. So this means that Billy kind of feels like he it's either from Wanda, the noise, or he just kind of feels the noise of Wanda in everybody's head, or whoever it is in everybody's head, as we'll get to that, might not actually be Wanda. Um, so then Wanda goes downstairs, and she also realizes that uh, things are changing, and she's not controlling it, because the milk carton is changing back all the way to, like, a jar of milk, even though it's just normal milk at first. And uh, she's, eating, she's eating with cereal, which is called, like, uh, sugar snaps, could be a nod to the uh, snap. It's kind of cool. I don't know. Maybe it's just like just like all the other commercials. It's like um, her traumas and stuff like that. Uh, all the commercials have been based on her traumas. If you hadn't picked up on that as well, there's one like for uh, Lagos paper towels, which is a reference to in Civil War when she kills all those people in the building by just by moving the bomb that was on crossbones upwards. That was in Lagos. Um, there was another one, Hydra Soap. Hydra is the, obviously the uh, villainous organization that we see in a lot of the Captain America films. And um, she was obviously taken by Hydra as a kid and experimented on. We see a Strucker watch and Strucker is the one that actually used the Mind Stone on her and Pietro to be, make them become super villains. We see that in Age of Ultron. Um, so, that could be sugar snaps. It could be a reference to the snap and everything that happened with Thanos and y'all know the deal. Um, then we get the Mondays quote. It's, um, you know, it must just be a case of the Mondays. Am I right? You know, it's going around Twitter and stuff. Um, and then we move out and uh, we see Hayward. And we see that the hex is actually not a dome. I feel like a lot of us might have thought it was like a dome shape. It's actually a giant... 3D hexagon. I don't know what you call that, um, but it's just a giant like hexagon as well, which makes sense why they call it the, uh, no, like it's a why they call it the hex as well. Um, so we then what happens next? Well, we move forward into uh, seeing the vi seeing Vision. He gets up and uh, he finds Darcy. Darcy is chained to the truck, but she's actually an escape artist in this uh, circus reality, which, you know, it's a circus, which is also kind of kind of funny because the whole hex is based off sitcoms and the circus is kind of like an entertainment of like, you know, just way back when. 
So I think I think that's kind of what they're doing there. And uh, she was attached to the truck just the same as she was uh, whenever she went into the hex. But now she's a escape artist. She just lets herself go and walks about. She doesn't realize who Vision is because she's in the hex. So Vision uh, goes ahead and awakens her just like he did in the past. But that happens later, I think. Next, we move on to um, Billy, who asked about Pietro. He's like, why did why did Pietro say, uh, or why did Uncle P say, Dad could can't die twice or something like that? And she says, uh, don't listen to anything he says. He's not your uncle. So we get a clarity that that is not actually Quicksilver. A lot of people thought it was going to be Quicksilver coming over in the multiverse. It still can. They can still do that. But um, unfortunately, right now, that is not Quicksilver. Um, I've kind of been thinking that this whole time he's been weird. Last episode, he was super dark and uh, he was scaring, doing jump scares on her. It was meant, to, it's like the sitcom was meaning for him to be seen as a villain. Uh, um, I picked up on that. I think a lot of people picked up on that. And uh, now we have clarity that that is not, in fact, uh, a good guy. He's not Quicksilver. Um, we then find out Wanda has no answers. And for a long time, we've kind of wondered, why doesn't she have answers? She's doing this. Why doesn't she have answers? Well, we're going to find out here in a minute. Um, Agnes shows up at just the right time again. What a coincidence. She always knows exactly when Wanda uh, wants her there. Maybe because she's the one that's telling Wanda she wants her there. Um, so she shows up and she wants to take the kids so Wanda can have time alone, air quotes. That is not at all why she wants to take the kids. We'll get to that as well. So I, I, I don't want to keep spoiling things. I kind of want to go in order. Um, but she definitely doesn't want to take the kids just to help out Wanda. She's doing it on her own. We've seen that she's different from other characters in the show. She uh, is more aware of things. She's broken character multiple times, uh, while other characters have not. Um, so then Agnes... Uh, gets this weird, weird, um, you know, they do like the talking head uh, things like like uh, Modern Family does. And she has this weird line where she says, um, I actually have bitten a kid once. And we'll get back to that in a minute. And she also says there's a mole, a giant mole on her back. So we'll get, well, <laughs> I promise you we're gonna get to kind of this, this kind of stuff. Um, we can get a talking head of Wanda where she's just like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And it's kind of, um, it's kind of the same, the same style that we see in uh, the first episode with the, uh, with the boss's wife, where she's like, stop it, stop it. She's telling Wanda that, you know, make it stop. But, uh, but she's like going crazy type of thing, kind of like in Get Out with the Maid, where she's like, no, no, no. Um, just, you know, to be creepy and stuff, but Wanda's actually doing that in this episode and it's not meant to be creepy, and, um, but it kind of is. She's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. So then we move outside of the hex and we see Jimmy and Monica and they and they have now found out um, Hayward's initiative as well. They realize that Hayward's been tracking vision and um, they realize that they're not, he's not actually there to save Wanda. He doesn't really care and that's, kind of why we have seen him be so hostile towards Wanda and uh, when talking about Wanda and also hostile towards them for um, for wanting to help Wanda. Monica then meets with her friend who is not John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Bummer. This, I can't stress this enough, this actress is in the worst position possible. She's literally just got her job She's finally in a Marvel thing. You know, Marvel's one of the biggest franchise. It's like the biggest franchise in movie history. She finally nails a Marvel role. But she's put in a spot where everybody is expecting something super big, and it's actually not that big. It's really a shame for her, and I feel really bad for um, for Lieutenant Goodner. Is that her name? Lieutenant? Sergeant? I don't know. I don't know what classes on uh, military, so... Whatever. All right, now we get to where Vision awakens Darcy. Um, and uh, he kind of just asks questions he's, and figures out that uh, he's actually dead. And he figures out, you know, that he came back to life. Dennis 
killed him again. Now somehow Wanda has brought him back to life. Um, he also doesn't know who Pietro is, but he realizes that it's not Pietro, which is kind of weird because um, because we never actually saw him do anything weird with Pietro, you know. Like, uh, but I mean, he does know that. I guess maybe he knows that it's not her uh, brother. No, I mean he doesn't have any memory, does he? So I mean. I don't know how he didn't know or how he knew that wasn't Pietro. It's kind of weird. Makes you wonder. Oh, this show is kind of long. I'm really stretching the time limit here. We're definitely going to be shortening it up next week for sure. I mean, I'm getting used to everything. Um, so then Wanda's um pretty flustered at everything. Um, and just kind of tired of that everything's changing. She doesn't realize things are changing. And uh, then a and this is a talking head and the cameraman kind of like in the moment where a cameraman talks to Pam in, in the office, the cameraman asks, do you think this is what you deserve? And it sounds a deeper tone, but as we'll find out later, it was not a man that said that. And Wanda just gets very upset about it, obviously, because she thinks she's in control and this guy is questioning her. So then we get jumped to the commercial for the show, which is an antidepressant called um, Nexus. And if you don't know, if you don't get the reference, Nexus in the comics are Nexus beings, which are not held by one reality. They're people that can uh, move through reality. Uh, Wanda is, of course, a Nexus being. Um, I believe Doctor Strange is a being, uh, Nexus being. So that just proves that um, that she can warp reality, and we might jump into that at the end of this show and then moving on into Doctor Strange 2 Multiverse of Madness, she's confirmed to be in that. We might see as their antagonist, jumping through realities, changing things up, trying to fix things maybe from the end of this show. Um, and, then this, and then the show also just indicates, you know, it's like, um, make reality like whatever you want it. And then at the end, it's like, the world doesn't revolve around you, or does it? Um, just kind of, continuing to push that narrative that Wanda is in control, even though at the end we kind of see that she's not all that in control, which is weird that this is saying that. So it's almost, you almost question, are these for Wanda? Are they for us to to answer, to get answers about Wanda? Um, these could be for Wanda and they could be kind of, um, kind of subconsciously um, controlling, or like kind of, um, what do they call messaging? I don't know, but like, you know, like underlying messages that make her think that she is in control and not question things. So then uh, we get to Agnes's house where she's sitting on the couch with Billy and Tommy and Billy says that he likes it here because it's quiet. And he says, Agnes is quiet inside, meaning other people are not quiet inside. That 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 is very, um, that's special. It's also quiet there because Tommy's also quiet. So We've seen that Tommy and Billy have full control of themselves. And this kind of proves that Agnes also does. Um, and then Agnes kind of gets flustered in the, and she kind of freaks out because she realizes that he can also sense that she's different. And then she gets a talking head where she mentions Ralph again. We've had so many mentions of her husband, Ralph. We have never seen her husband, Ralph. Is he Pietro? Is he the mailman? Is he um, Senior Scratchy, the little rabbit? I'll put my money on one of those three. I mean, we can get into it later on theories. Um, but I think we'll definitely find out that one of those three characters is, her, in fact, her husband, who also may, in fact, be Marvel's devil, Mephisto, um, which would be awesome, to say the least. Fingers crossed for Evan Peters. Um, we then see Monica try to enter the hex, but the, with the uh, new this new giant truck tank thing, uh, super spacey and high tech, but it actually doesn't work. The tech doesn't work. So Monica just says, you know what? Screw it, I'm gonna do it on my own. Um, instead of having any protection at all, she decides to take off her helmet, which is weird. Why would she take off her helmet? Um, we know, that Mon we know that Wanda had reinforced the boundary, so it's not as easy for her to go through it. And now she's been through it three times, um, helmetless all three times. I don't know why she took off her helmet. 
very weird. It's like, wouldn't she just want a little bit of protection? Something that might help. It is what it is. She comes out and it, she goes through this weird phase where she's getting split into like four different um, Monica's from different time periods. We see the hospital Monica. We see Geraldine, the Monica from the original uh, sitcom. We see um, the Monica now. And then uh, we also see like just Agent Monica. And then uh, as we hear Captain Marvel's voice, who says you're, uh, she's getting all these voices coming to her, kind of like um, Ray in the last in the, the last Star Wars film, A Rise of Skywalker, where she's having all the Jedi talk to her. We get Monica kind of hearing all of her um, like adult figures in her life talking to her, the, the hospital uh, nurse, her mother, of course. Nick Fury, and then we get Captain Marvel, who Monica clearly throughout this show has been seen to have tension with. We get Captain Marvel's voice telling her, um, you know, like, your mom must be tough because she has the toughest kid or something like that. And then in that moment, Monica sucks all the other Monicas into herself to one Monica and has bright blue eyes and drive or and walks through the hex comes out and sees everything in almost like thermal radiation it's really cool this is clearly monica getting her powers to become spectrum or photon from the comics i assume they're going to go with photon she'll take her mother's um her mother's like little nickname from uh, the air force um and then her, and then so she shakes her eyes and they go back to brown now we don't see if but I assume when her eyes are colored, that's when she's seeing things. And when her eyes are brown, she's seeing normal. But we don't actually know. She could be permanently seeing like this now. Um, and then after that, oh, so she goes on to find Wanda, you know. Um, then we jump back to Darcy and Vision. And um, Vision kind of gets this feeling. He's like, or there's first there's a red light and there's no cars on this little out they're out in the boondocks um there's no cars on the road and it's a red light and he's like oh that's weird then it starts raining and then there's like a construction site and the construction site um blocks them off then they move and then kids are walking across the street and vision kind of like hey maybe wanda's not wanting me to be here but as we may find out maybe it's not wanda at all maybe it's um yeah we'll find out um so he just goes up and flies he just decides he's gonna fly home at that moment, Monica burst into Wanda's house and she's like, hey, like, what are you doing here? We got to get you out of here. And Wanda, of course, gets super mad because she's already made this woman leave her hex one time. She's about to do it again. So she lifts her up with her red magic hands and uh, shoots her outside. And we get a Dottie spotting. Dottie hasn't been seen since she got the cut in episode two and saw Monica um, or saw Wanda getting the getting the radio signal from Jimmy Wu. She then cut her hand on the glass, which bled red, even though it was black and white at the time, meaning that she's alive. Um, and then we get, uh, and we haven't seen her since, even though even though Agnes at one point did say, uh, she's like, you want to impress Dottie? Dottie is the key to this whole city, or this whole city revolves around Dottie. One of those things, Dottie is clearly an important character. Uh, Dottie's actress put on Twitter the other day, hashtag where's Dottie. And we got this, we did have a sighting of her. She was gardening, nothing special. One second at max on screen. So I think that was just the directors being like, hey, you wanna, don't forget about this character. She's, she's still here. Um, same thing with the mailman. We see the mailman again and we get him a second shot. Um, I think he, like I said before, he could also be Ralph. He has a uh, Presto hat with a little rabbit on it. Kind of like Cinder Scratchy. Um, a lot of things tying in there. I think he's definitely on Agnes's side, whether he's Mephisto, Ralph, anything like that. I think he's definitely on Agnes's side um, because he seems a little bit more aware than, than other people. Um, then uh, Wanda lifts up, or Wanda and... Uh, Monica have a standoff and Monica gets a superhero landing. Bring in Ryan Reynolds Deadpool to say it. Um, she does her little superhero landing, looks really cool. And uh, 
decides that or tries to convince Monica that she's not the bad or Wanda that she's not the bad guy. And Wanda says, What if I am the bad guy? Agnes comes and then Agnes sees this. So she comes and grabs Wanda. She doesn't have the brooch on. This is interesting because we've only seen her without the brooch, like her little necklace, one time in the whole series, and that was on Halloween when who was in town? Pietro was in town. Um, this is a ongoing theory that Pietro is Mephisto, like I said, Marvel's devil. And uh, and his es- his essence actually like lives in this brooch, but that turns out to be false. It's actually not Pietro because we'll see in a minute. But it is interesting that she doesn't have the brooch in this moment. Um, Wanda realizes that the uh, Wanda goes to Agnes's house and uh, she's kind of you know just ruffled up a bit by the whole Monica thing. She doesn't know how she got in. She doesn't know. And she's kind of made her think a little bit, like maybe I can fix things. Um, and then she notices that her kids aren't there. There's, there's PB and J's that are eight. Uh, the kid, uh, kid Yo Gabba Gabba is on TV. So obviously the kids were there, like with Agnes. And so Wanda kind of gets skeptical because says, Where are the kids, Agnes? And Agnes says, Oh, they might be downstairs playing or down in the basement playing. Why don't you go look? And this is interesting. Um, I'm, I'm really questioning why now, you know, and I guess maybe it is because Mon- uh, Monica, or maybe it's just because Agnes is finally, uh, we'll get to it. So um, Wanda goes down, or Wanda goes down, and, oh, right before she leaves, we see a little fluttering bug on the window. We'd seen that before around Agnes, and uh, and it's, it is weird. It reminds me of um, Silence of the Lambs, kind of how she knew she was in... Uh, Buffalo Bill's house when she saw the uh, the little moss or whatever they were. <sighs> Weird movie. Yeah, like I said, not a big, I get creeped out by scary movies. Um, so then um, she goes downstairs and she sees limbs all over the walls, but these limbs are just dark, just normal tree limbs, but she sees them everywhere. And the, these limbs are everywhere. She, she, and as she's walking in, the, um, the aspect ratio on the on the TV actually fills out. So this shows that this is not in the hex because what's in the hex, it is in the sitcom state. So that you'll always notice that the uh, that the screen is actually wider or fuller in the hex than out, um, or outside of the hex and in. And this actually expands to the full screen. And we notice that this is not in the hex, even though it's just underneath our house, which is which is you know very uh, telling. Um, she goes in, and all of a sudden there's demonic items everywhere and we see this book which everybody uh, online is kind of assuming is the dark hold which is the book of sin and uh and uh, the comics and commonly tied to uh, like dr strange mephisto those type of characters we also noticed or somebody also put together on twitter that there was a missing book from the restricted section in dr strange that could be um that could have been agnes um or as we just find out when she gets down there, she is the witch from Marvel Comics, Agatha Harkness. Um, I had kind of put this together from from the jump, I'd like to say, um, because Agatha Harkness is obviously a big um, character in like the House of M storyline, stuff like that. Um, and I'm just familiar with it. And uh, Agatha Harkness is a witch, and we find out that it was Agatha all along. Agatha all along. It's a it's a real banger of a song, you know. It's actually number one on iTunes in terms of soundtrack music right now. So uh, I think the population really likes it too. General population. I don't know why I said that. Population. That's weird. I think the general audience really likes that as well. Um, yeah, it was definitely a banger. We find out that she's actually been behind all the little weird things that are happening in Westview when Herb had the when uh, Vision saw Herb have like the malfunction. That was Agnes. When Pietro shows up at the door, that was Agnes. Um, Agatha or Agatha, sorry, not Agnes. Agatha's kind of just been doing all the dark stuff around here, which makes you think maybe she's the one in charge of the hex. But then we see her take over Wanda, Wanda, and uh, make Wanda's eyes glow purple, meaning. This may be Wanda's hex, and now Agatha has control over it, which could uh, lead to a lot of bad things that we're going to get to in the next two episodes. Cannot wait. Um, Oh, you thought it was over. No, Marvel has brought back 
post credit scenes, folks. We have gotten one. We haven't had one in over a year because of COVID and everything. But post credit scenes are back and running. We get Monica running through Westview or running around Agatha's house trying to find uh, Wanda, and she opens up the basement, and we see that the that the uh, the vines that Wanda, that Wanda saw as normal are actually glowing purple, and this makes you think. Um, I wonder if that is normal. Is that is that where everybody can see, or just Monica? And then we get the answer when Monica turns around. Her eyes are glowing purple as well, meaning she's using her powers and she can see energy. Um, so those 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 um, those tree limbs are actually magic um, in some way, and we're, we'll find out what exactly that magic is. It could be um, the whatever. Agnes has been bringing over. Agnes has been bringing over plants, or she brought over a plant in the first episode. She was spraying something over the babies in the second episode. This could all be um, something that is like hypnotizing. This could be um, like a plant, a magic plant that uh, Agatha has been using to control Wanda. Um, but yeah, she does turn around. The reason she turns around is because Pietro shows up for the first time in this episode. Pietro is there and says, Snooper's gonna snoop. Uh, just a you know, Evan Peters, Pietro type of line, but uh, it does so that um, he is probably working on the bad side. I imagine he, I don't, so with my theories, I don't think he's Mephisto. I think Mephisto, I don't know, maybe he is, but I think we're going to get a big 3v3 final battle in the last episode where it's Agatha, Pietro, and uh, one other character, whether that's Ralph or, or if Ralph is Mephisto, maybe it's um, Ag Ag Agatha Harkness's son in the comics, which is, um, what is his name? Something Scratch or something like that, uh, which a lot of people have been speculating is the uh, rabbit. So I think we're going to get a big 3v3 showdown. I think, you know, uh, Wanda will, you know, help out. Or I think we'll get like 2v4 maybe. I think Agatha will be controlling Wanda and then Wanda will snap out of it, realize she's in control of everything kind of just dominate them uh, with uh, Vision and Monica on her side and will definitely be the last, won't be the last we see of maybe any of these characters. Um, I'd really like to see Agatha continue to be, be in movies. Uh, I love Catherine Hahn. Um, so, I'll, mm, show's running along. I'll leave you with one theory and that is, um, if you didn't know, Marvel now owns the Disney and Marvel now on the rights to the uh, Fox characters like the X-Men, Deadpool, those type of characters. Um, before they didn't, um, that's why there was two PHOs. That's why um, there was two Wandas. I know a lot of you didn't know that, but uh, in X-Men Apocalypse maybe, we do see Wanda um, PHOs, but she's PHOs little sister. She's very little in the show. She's just kind of watching, uh, she's watching just TV or something like that, but there are two Wandas, two Pietros, um, and so I think because in Marvel they're not mutants, and in the comics those two characters are mutants, I think we'll be getting mutants, I'll be think we'll get, be getting X-Men, I think we'll be getting them by the end of this show because I think this is what's going to cause us to get them. My theory is that Monica has a mutant gene, mutant genes are in a certain population of the world, um, or a certain part of the world's population, sorry. Um, you know, like 10% of the world or something is mutants. Um, I think we saw in Monica's vitals and like her blood and everything that uh, um, something is definitely wrong with her genetics, or not wrong necessarily, but weird about her genetics that they've never seen before. And, uh, and it happened after she passed through the barrier so I think what's going to happen is I think Wanda will uh, expand this barrier all around the world just one time and then eventually she'll figure it out and it'll, or maybe Agatha makes Wanda expand it all around the world. But then when Wanda finally figures it out, she takes it all down, but the damage has been done. All of these people that have the mutant gene have went through this barrier, has, it has been activated and we now have mutants in the world. We'll have Professor X, um, to kind of help her and maybe just maybe professor x is the big cameo at the end of the show that everybody's been talking about paul bettany said there's a giant cameo at the end that somebody's wanted to work with a long time maybe it's 
Sir Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Um, and he's he gets into Wanda's mind and uh, can maybe snap her out of it. I would love to see that. I would also love to see Magneto. I would love to see anything. I'm just super excited for the cameo. Um, but that is it. That is WandaVision episode seven. We have two more episodes left to go in these remaining weeks. And uh, the next episode is going to be 47 minutes. So the longest episode yet. Super excited about that. Um, so there's the first podcast done. Um, I hope it was enjoyable. I hope my voice isn't terrible. I hope um that maybe y'all agreed with some of my takes and i hope y'all like the recap you know obviously you can just let me know if the recap um it's definitely gonna be shorter next time i don't think i'm gonna go scene for scene like i did this time um i kind of just wrote out every scene just just you know so i, I was just kind of reading it off just now might not do that might just kind of recap what i'm thinking about at the end of the show or something like that um just say where i think it's going to be going um the big parts of the show type of thing i said we just never seen cut it shorter um also obviously i can cut out a lot of um, the blank time i need to get that better um i might be editing it to cut out some of that time make it as short as i can um i'm saying um so often and that's gonna be something that i work on obviously yeah so for now just one episode a week i think We'll move to two if I ever feel like it, if I feel like it fits. I don't want to push anything or, but if I really feel like I need to talk longer, um, I'll start making two weeks, two episodes a week. Shouldn't be too hard. Whether or not they're the same show name or I just have like two podcasts on like one hub or something where you can just pick and choose which ones you want to listen to. I don't know yet but we're not there and we won't be there for a while i think we're gonna stick to one for now i'm gonna be making like a i'm probably gonna make a tiktok i haven't been on i hadn't ever had tiktok until december of this year um i just you know i was just one of those people oh it's stupid well well, you know it's actually super addicting and i love tiktok now and i think it's just easily the big is it's just by far the easiest place to get viral and famous so i'm gonna be uploading clips on there i think that um i'll record and so that'll be like top tens and stuff like that um and just you know just little stuff like that that and then i'll have it named like my i'll have the tiktok account name my podcast name and hopefully get viewers that way too um i'm gonna make a twitter account of course i'm gonna make an instagram i'm just gonna i'm gonna really try to dive into this and uh see where it takes me because i'm kind of in a good spot like I, I feel good about it I feel like I, I can keep this up long term I feel like this is something that I enjoy doing talking to myself is, as weird as that is um, in terms of co-hosts I don't think we're necessarily ever going to have co-hosts we might have guests though I might, I might every once in a while bring on if I'm reviewing a movie that I know one of my friends really likes or something like that we might bring them on the or if I am about to be going into something that I don't know enough about, because I will always um, be open about that. I, I don't try to act like I know more than I do. So if I go into something that I don't necessarily know a lot about, but I want to, I might bring somebody on here to talk about it. And yeah, so I don't know how long that was, but that is it. Oh. I don't know we might be moving to video at some point but as of right now audio it is i think that's it all right i will see y'all or hear y'all i won't hear y'all y'all will hear me next week peace out thanks and giggle